Good morning. Um, I want to start out by saying Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that are here. And I'm going to start a little bit differently. Um, I love memes, and I thought it would be a good opening and something fun to do to open up with some mom memes. So Stace, you can put the first one up there. Um, I think we can all relate to this one when our child asks us to hold something when our hands are completely full. When your kid keeps telling you a story and it won't end, definitely been there a few times. Never make eye contact with a child on the verge of falling asleep. They will sense your excitement and abort mission. When you're a stay-at-home mom and daddy walks through the door. I was a stay-at-home mom for a couple years, so I can definitely relate to that one. When I think I finally completed all of the laundry and my kid brings me a pile that she just found. This one definitely happens almost weekly. Um, You never realize how weird you are until you have a kid that acts just like you. This one definitely, uh, we have a few of them. And the last one, when your kids are all losing their minds at the same time and you got to connect with Jesus so you don't do something stupid, (laughs) fun there. (laughs) So what I want to talk to you guys about is one of my favorite topics, and that's the Holy Spirit. And I want to remind you why living a life with the Holy Spirit is important and how you benefit as a parent by staying connected to the Holy Spirit and depending on him to guide you through life and in parenting. So a few months ago, I was reading a parenting book called Passionate Parenting by Carrie Schmidt. If you haven't read this book, I don't even know how I discovered it. It came up somewhere online, I think. But it's, it's really good. It was challenging for me in a good way. It was thought-provoking. And um, I just think it's a really good read, especially having children in the church. This book was inspired um, from a letter that this pastor had received from a young girl who was a college student. She said that she had read several of his books and that they really helped her spiritually. But she wanted him to write a book specifically to Christian parents that have children in the church. She said that she grew up in the church, and when she was five years old, she said the sinner's prayer, and she was at every children's activity, every youth activity, every service. Anytime the doors were open, her and her family were there. She was taught all of the Bible stories and could tell them to you. She was taught what was appropriate behavior and not appropriate behavior. Christianity to her meant being good and going to church. She lived looking like a Christian, but she never developed a personal relationship with Jesus on her own. She was immersed in the church, but she never actually became the church. She said that her fear is that there's so many more out there like her that have been placed in the church all of their lives but they're not also being ministered to at home. And she wanted him to write a book to parents so they would see how necessary it is to not only teach your children about God, 
but how to teach them to love Jesus and how to know him and have their own personal relationship with him. The church can teach our kids, and we're going to, but we only have them an hour or two a week. And that's not enough time to fully teach them how to have a relationship with Jesus on their own and what it looks like. I can't depend on Dania to teach Joel, Micah, and Emily everything they need to know about having a relationship with God. She'll teach them a lot, but she's not with them as much as I am. So that responsibility is on me, and they need to hear about God and a relationship with God at home. If they don't develop a personal relationship with God, then what we're doing on Sundays isn't going to sustain them. They need to know that being a Christian isn't just going to church on Sundays and following a list of rules to get to heaven. They need to know that it's about relationship. Our children need to hear our testimonies, and they need to hear our encouragement. We need to have authentic heart-to-heart time with our children and talk about God and have open talks about the Holy Spirit and what peace he can bring us in difficult circumstances. We need to pray with and for our children daily. One of the most important lessons that we can teach our children is how to depend and have a relationship on the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus himself depended on the Holy Spirit. He would separate himself, and he would seek God in his presence. So I don't know why we think sometimes we can go through life without him. He modeled that relationship for us by depending on the Holy Spirit. Life is so much more fulfilling and smooth when we stay connected to the Father. Our kids can learn firsthand that the Holy Spirit is good and he's for them, through us, and us sharing our life experiences with them. Parenting in our current culture can seem scary and overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. A couple weeks ago, I took Joel to an open house of the middle school he's going to attend. And middle school is always something that I dreaded them getting to that point, because I know it can be... um, scarier. I was scared for them to go to preschool, and then I was scared for them to go to elementary school, but middle school, it always just seemed so much bigger to me and scarier. I know exposure to things are higher, and I feel like it's harder to keep them safe and keep them in that Christian bubble, but the truth is we can't do that. I remember walking through the halls with him and trying to help him find where all the different rooms are and all the different hallways and I just started feeling like overwhelmed and started feeling anxious about all that he could go through in middle school. And I really like that whole night, I mean, Steve can attest, I came here, they had practice that night and I was just like, whoa, (laughs) there was a lot going on there. And it's not like this Christian environment. But what I had to realize is that the Holy Spirit knows anything that Joel would encounter there any person he would encounter there, any season that he may walk through in middle school, and that I don't have the responsibility solely on my own to help him through that. That's what the Holy Spirit is there for. 
and I can rely on the Holy Spirit and he'll help me walk Joel through anything that he would go through. Over the last couple years, in our culture, there's been so much division, so much hurt and loss, so much change. Tension and anxiety is high everywhere. Things don't feel as secure or stable as they did before. It's a really hard world to live into without the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit's guidance. Trying to navigate current culture, especially explaining things to your children, without the Holy Spirit is a disaster waiting to happen. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is these things. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. In Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 26, it says the advocate is the Holy Spirit, and he's there to teach us things and to remind him of what he said to us. In Acts 1.8, it says that the Holy Spirit will put his power on us. In Ezekiel 36.27, says, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. In 2 Corinthians 13.14, it talks about the Holy Spirit wanting to have fellowship with us. In Titus 3.5, says he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not just tongues and interpretation. I think that's where our mind goes automatically when we hear that. But the Holy Spirit's gifts are so much more than that. Those things are wonderful, but the Holy Spirit is here so we can do this journey of life with him and depend on him. And he'll fill us with joy and peace and freedom, knowing that we're not doing this on our own. One of the most important things we can teach our children is to stay connected to the Holy Spirit and to model that lifestyle to not only our children, but to those around us. If we seek God on how to parent our children, He's going to help us. Every child is different and has different needs. Joel, Micah, and Emily are different. They have different strengths. They have different weaknesses. There's some aspects of parenting that we can parent them the same. And there's some aspects of parenting that we have to parent them totally different. There's been a lot of things that we have had to talk one-on-one with our kids about. And I would get in my head and I would get overwhelmed because I didn't know how to start or how to explain something to them that seemed so complicated. And I would pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help me, to give me the right words and to help them comprehend and understand what I'm saying. And he's always done that. There's been a lot to try to explain to our kids over the last couple years. Through the loss of a family member, through the pandemic, 
through politics, current culture, and current events. It's been a lot. We've had to rely on the Holy Spirit in our parenting more than ever in the last couple years. And I'm sure you've had to do the same. You can put up the next slide. This picture of Tim and the boys, it just makes me smile. You can see that Joel is like looking into Tim's face. <laughs> they were about to go fishing. And it's just so cute because it's such a good representation of who Tim is to Joel. You know, we're naturally their role models from birth. Emily wants to be like me, and she tries to talk like me, emulate me, and Joel and Micah naturally want to be like Tim. It doesn't matter what job Tim has or what hobby he's interested in. That's what Joel wants to do when he grows up. And as Tim moves into different seasons of his life, Joel has done the same. You know, he just wants to be like his dad. And I think that's one of the biggest jobs and roles that God's given us as parents is to be that Christian role model and to help them walk through life. I think as Christians, sometimes we can get stuck on praying for God to put people in our children's lives to help them, to save them, to be their role model. And we have to remember that that's good and they need other people besides just us. But that's our biggest responsibility. And we can't give that to somebody else. One thing that was in this book, Passionate Parenting, that really stuck out to me was that our model outweighs our heart. And our parental authority is established upon our submission to the highest authority. It's not just about our intentions, but it's about our actions. Our kids need to see that we pursue God and we love Jesus with all of our heart. We, um, we did a, a Bible app challenge here, I think it was last year, and um, I would normally read in the morning. It was a cool opportunity for us to all be on one page and read through the Bible together. But I would read in the morning and um, one day I was running late, so I was listening to the audio and the audio, if you've ever listened to it, the voices can sound a little weird sometimes in their inflections. And it just caught Joel's attention. And I was in the bathroom doing my hair, and he came in, and he's like, what are you listening to? And I said, I'm listening to the Bible. And he said, oh, I didn't know you were reading the Bible right now. And that, like, hit me. Like, what do you mean you don't think I'm reading the Bible? And he said, I haven't seen it. And so it made me realize, like, I'm reading a Bible through an app on my phone, so he doesn't see, like, the Holy Bible. And he doesn't, I don't announce, like, and now I will be reading from my Bible app. You know, he wasn't aware of what I was doing on my own. And I think for that, it just really, I just felt like, wow, I'm not sharing with him anything that I'm reading on my own or what I'm learning and discovering. And I just felt guilty in that moment of like, why aren't I doing that? You know, like I'm just so busy going through my day and I'm not connecting with him daily on what I'm doing and what God's teaching me. And it was cool because after I had done that, he had started reading his Bible and at night he would read a chapter a day and he, was, he started in Genesis 
And it just gave us a really cool opportunity to talk about what he was reading and he would ask questions and it just opened up this great um, like opportunity for us to connect on the Bible and for me to be able to help him and answer questions. And he would come to Tim and I and say, so I was reading, what does this mean? It was just really cool. The point of that story is that our children know who we love or what we love because it's obvious from our lifestyle, or at least it should be. We cannot fool them. If we love God intensely, they're going to know it. If we love him casually, they're going to know it. If we love him only when circumstances are rough and we feel that we need him, they're going to know that too. Our life is our loudest message. Our life is our truest message. And they're going to mimic what we model. We need to show them that Christianity is not just a church thing. It's not just a Sunday thing. Christianity is living for Christ 24-7. And living Christ-like even when we're not in a Christ-like culture. And that can be really hard to do sometimes without the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. We can't just push our children towards Christ. We have to lead them there. You can't lead where you haven't been, so it's important first that we have that relationship with the Holy Spirit and that we include our children in on that. Leading our children to Christ is going to take consistency. If they see our life is devoted to Christ and that we allow him to shape who we are and how we live, then our life becomes a testimony to them. We cannot properly lead them spiritually by being passive in our walk with Christ or living a life with Christ completely separate from them. If we appear different on Sundays than we do Monday through Saturday, our children are not going to have any interest in Christianity. Bringing our children to church Bible studies, camps, and Winterfest is so awesome for them. They have real God encounters, and they experience God's presence there, and it's real. But the most important factor in their spiritual growth isn't events that they attend, but it's learning daily, and it's what we reinforce at home as their closest examples of Christ. These kinds of events spark something in the students, but what happens afterwards determines if it fizzles out or if it ignites and it changes their life. Parenting is a big responsibility, but the good news is you don't have to be perfect to be a good parent. There is no perfect parent. None of us are perfect parents. I'm certainly not. If you go on social media, it's really easy to compare think that other families are perfect or that they have it all together. Other families are so close and they never fight when this is the reality most times. We think that their kids always get along and that they're doing something that we're not. Everyone posts their best moments. Rarely do I post something on social media about them hitting each other or a parental failure do those things happen? Yes. Do my kids embarrass me in public by their behavior sometimes too? Yes. 
Have I embarrassed myself by my own reactions to them? Yes. There was a period of time where I dreaded going to the grocery store so much because something always happened and it was always embarrassing. We have three kids that are pretty close in age and so for a period of time it was me and three kids, toddler and younger. So I remember one time it was just me and Joel at the store and I thought I was gonna pop in, get a couple things and leave. And he was about two and a half or three at the time. And disclaimer, we don't drink alcohol. We don't know how he knew what beer was. It's never been in our house. We don't even watch commercials because we hate commercials. So we pre-record everything and fast forward. But he was two and a half or three sitting in the cart. We were at Sam's Club and I was passing the alcohol section and he started chanting, I love beer. I love beer. And I was mortified. I like, ran to another section of the store. I was trying to divert his attention to something else and get him to stop saying that. I was so incredibly embarrassed. And we don't know still how he learned what that was or what it looked like. Maybe you saw a commercial somewhere else. I don't know. But that was definitely embarrassing. And there's another time that I had all three of them with me. And we were at the nicer grocery store. And um, this grocery store, I would take them to sometimes in the summer because I had all three and they could all be in a cart and I didn't have to like wrangle them and try to herd them in the store. And this cart had a fire truck in the front of it that the boys could sit side by side in. So Joel and Micah were in the fire truck and Emily was connected to the cart by me. And I thought I was gonna get in and out quick again. That's never the case. Um, so I was walking through and Micah's always been inquisitive. He wants to know how things work. And he kept leaning out of the fire truck, which was on close to the ground. And he kept trying to see like how it was connected or how the wheels were moving, not sure which one, but he kept putting his hand under the cart. And I kept saying, Micah, you put your hand in the fire truck. I don't want to run your fingers over. And so he would, and then he would lean his head back out and he'd stick his hand under. And I mean, that went on for a couple aisles. I must have told them like 10, 12 times. So at this point I was getting frustrated and we turned the corner into a new aisle and he put his hand out again. And before even looking up in the aisle, I was just frustrated and I said, hands up. And then I looked up and this very elderly man had thrown his hands up in the air and was slowly turning my way towards his mugger. And I was so, so, so embarrassed. I just pulled the cart out of the aisle, ran a few aisles over and I lost it. I was laughing so hard that I was crying and I couldn't stand up straight and the kids didn't know what was going on and I was causing another spectacle a few aisles over. But the, the point of that story is that there is no perfect parent and we don't always react perfectly to situations, but we don't have to. To be a good parent, 
You just have to be authentic and be present in people's lives. Every parent has moments of weakness and times that they fail. And those moments, you may not have been a mugger, but I was. There's always things that we wish we could undo or things that we said that we wish we could take back. But those things don't often hold as much weight as we think they do if we're actively trying and we're doing our part. Failure won't wreck our children spiritually, but living a life of hypocrisy will. We need to be real and transparent with our kids when we mess up or we make mistakes. Obviously, we have to use wisdom in what we share and make sure it's age appropriate. And I'm not saying we need to confess all of our sins to our children, but we need to share with them that we fail and that we're not perfect. It helps them work through their own sins without living stuck in shame and guilt. My parents apologized to us a couple times growing up over little things. I couldn't tell you what most of them are because I honestly don't remember. But one sticks out a little bit. <laughs> when they moved from Akron to Mentor, they forgot John. <laughs> Each one of them were driving separate cars, and they thought that John was in the opposite car. And when they got here, they realized that he wasn't. He was still at the neighbor's house saying goodbye. <laughs> Had to throw that one in there because I... I was in a lot of sermon illustrations growing up, and this might be my only shot. <laughs> so what I do remember isn't all the things that they had done wrong or the things that they felt like they did wrong. I just remember that they loved and respected us enough to be real and to apologize. Apologizing to our children is not a sign of weakness, but it's a sign of strength. It'll deepen the trust they have in us and we'll end up having more influence in their lives. The other day I asked Joel if he were to be able to change anything about my parenting, what would it be? That can be a dangerous question. I expected him to say that I would let him have a phone, that I would pay him allowance, that I wouldn't make him clean, or he could watch whatever he wanted on YouTube without me screening it first. And all he said is that I would let him have more candy. <laughs> While he doesn't always like the rules, he knows the intent of why these rules are there. He knows that we're trying to protect him and to guard his heart. He might not agree with all the rules, but he trusts that we're doing what's best for him. Growing up, we had rules too, and some I understood, and some I thought were really silly, and I wanted them to be changed. But after I grew up, I was so thankful for those silly rules. Those rules saved me from a lot of baggage and a lot of hurt, and walking down a road that a lot of my peers had to walk through. We need to care more about the condition of our children's heart than their momentary happiness. We need our kids to understand that Christianity is not about following a list of rules or being perfect. Christianity is about a relationship with Jesus. Once you have a real relationship, 
you don't view Christianity as being a good person, going to church every Sunday, or following a list of rules. Through real relationship with Christ, you shouldn't even view them as rules, but as protections. We need to be spiritually engaged parents. We are their most important influence in our child's life because we're with them the most. We need to teach them how to walk with Christ and how to pick themselves up after failure and try again. We need to take responsibility for teaching our children how to have an authentic relationship with God, and they need to see us have one. They need to see that our relationship with God is a priority seven days a week, and it's not just a Sunday thing. We need to invest energy into our marriage and our family life. Our kids need to know that we're not going to give up on them and that we're in their corner. Trying to parent in this culture alone seems like an overwhelming, impossible task. But we aren't meant to parent alone. God never intended for us to parent separate from him. He gave us the children we have because we were meant to raise them. He entrusted them to us, and he's equipped us with everything we need to parent them through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit. So I just want to challenge you guys to pray for your kids daily. Pray with your kids daily. Talk to your kids about God and life and what he's done for you and for those that you love. We share things and talk about often with the kids of when God healed Mimi of rheumatic fever when she was young. Mimi is my mom. When God healed Mimi of stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and how he walked with her through that. We share when God speaks to us. To be transparent about probably a year and a half ago, um, we were doing a fast at the church and I was in the sanctuary, I think it was a Thursday, I was like straightening chairs and trying to make sure everything was ready for Sunday. And I was praying, but I wasn't praying for myself or anything like that. I think I was praying for our weekend service, but I just felt like God was telling me that I've gotten really good at placing myself behind the scenes where it's comfortable and that God was going to be stretching me to do some things that were outside of my comfort zone. And he was just gently nudging me, like, it's coming. It's not now, but it's coming. And I remember talking to Joel about that. And I remember when I told Joel that I was speaking Sunday, his eyes got really big, as did most people's eyes when I told them I was speaking today. Because if you don't know me, this is not normal for me. But it was cool that Joel could remember, you know, that, that time that God spoke to me and that this is a step in that direction. I, um, I've told our kids a lot of stories, you know, about other miracles that we've witnessed in our lives, about people being freed from addictions, about a crippled child that I saw get out of a wheelchair and start walking about toxic, ugly relationships 
finding healing, forgiveness, and restoration. These are encouraging things that are proof of God's love and his power for them. But we've also shared with our kids about the hard times. Like when we had a miscarriage and lost our first baby and how the Holy Spirit was there and walked with us through that season of grief and we weren't alone. Or when I was diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis and how God's been helping me through that journey. When I was diagnosed with that, I didn't even really know what it was. I had to go home and Google it. In Googling anything, automatically you get like the worst case scenario. And um, I just remember reading it and thinking like, oh my gosh, like how am I gonna do anything in life that I wanted to do? You know, it can be so aggressive and it sucks your energy. And I just remember thinking like, my dream is ministry, like full-time ministry, and I wasn't there yet. And I just thought like, how is this gonna work? Like, how can this happen? But God's been helping me in that journey. And the kids have asked me, why hasn't God healed you yet? And notice they said yet, because they believe that he can. Those are really hard questions to answer. And life is full of really hard questions to answer to our children. But I just remind them that God has a plan and I trust him. And that's enough for them too because they've learned to trust him too. So I just wanna encourage you to be present in their lives, both physically and spiritually. Share the miracles in your life with them. Be consistent, be authentic, and it will make an eternal difference in their lives. So I'm gonna close out in prayer and then Dina's gonna come make an announcement and close out our service. But God, I just wanna thank you for this opportunity to step out in faith. God, and for helping me through this. God, I ask that as parents, we would all just be open to your spirit open to your guidance in parenting. God, I ask that you would help remind us to include our children in our spiritual walk and not to keep our walks separate. I ask that you would strengthen us, that you would give us confidence and boldness in our parenting. I ask that you would bless all of the women here, no matter what season they're walking, whether they're mothers whether they want to be mothers or whether they're in a difficult season today because they're missing their mothers who are no longer with us. I ask that you would help us all to find rest today, to be refreshed, and to find joy in whatever season we're in. In Jesus' name, amen.